The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we have AEW World Women's Champion Thunder Rose and I talking to two great guest first and foremost the main eventer himself wwe hall of famer icon legend edge joins us on the busted open podcast and i think a legend in the world of comedy our good friend ron funches right now on the busted open podcast and very grateful to have edge join us here on busted open sir how are you this morning uh, you start it with fake no more. It can't get much better. I mean, it's it's only going to go downhill when I start talking after that. But I appreciate <laughs> it. it's you know, listen. I know we don't always see eye to eye when it comes to certain music. So I knew that we had to do Faith No More because I think we both enjoy not only Faith No More but the album Angel Dust. So we had to start it off the right way. Com- common ground, common ground. Yes. And when I wore the Angel Dust shirt randomly one week, I saw you. You went crazy for it. So I was like, okay, he has some. <laughs> good musical taste <laughs> he actually that, does he actually that, does that that being said edge i don't know if you noticed but i've started to see more angel dust t-shirts than ever before after because you start it you start the trend have you know <laughs> you are so you know i actually actually last week on raw somebody in at raw was wearing an angel dust t-shirt that's because of you so thank you for doing that well, hey, they deserve it because that that album, that band does not get enough credit. So, uh, yeah, here's to Faith No More. Here's, uh, here's a coffee, coffee. There you okay. go. Let's, <laughs> let's raise them up. Let's raise the mugs. Um, one thing that I've loved in the world of the WWE and pro wrestling have been these A&E bios. And it seems every Monday morning here on Busted Open, we're talking about the one from the night before. Yours is premiering uh, this weekend and uh, very, very excited about it. Like, what is it like for you that there's you're at that point in your career now where there, you know, A&E is making a documentary about you, your career and your life? It's surreal. I mean, especially, you know, if my mom were still here, she'd be like, what, an A&E documentary? Like, that's a thing. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's legit. Uh, it, it's surreal. It really is. Uh, and then to 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 get the advance and see it and. Bret Hart is on there and Hogan's on there and Undertaker's on there. And, and that to me is, is when it really became a little mind boggling because those are touchstones for me as I'm 
growing up watching the business and then even more so when I get in the business. So that to me is still a really surreal aspect because at the heart of all of this, I'm still a fan. I still think this is the absolute best gig in the world. It doesn't get any better than this. It's the most fun thing you can do, at least for me and the way my weird mind is wired. So, uh, and, and I'm guessing for most of the people that listen to this or are on the show, that's the same thing. I don't lose track of that. I don't lose sight of that. And, and I think, uh, I don't know, again, the idea of, of having an A&E documentary and the, the Toronto Maple Leafs reaching out and wanting to do a co-branded t-shirt for Monday at Raw, like those are things that if you told five-year-old Adam were going to happen, I mean, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't translate. If you tell 17-year-old Adam that, it still wouldn't, you know, computer translate. Uh, so when you tell 48-year-old Adam that, it still really doesn't, I, I don't get it sometimes, but I appreciate all of it. It's awesome. Quick question. Uh, talking about this, the level of fandom that you have achieved throughout your whole entire career, do you ever, 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 like when you're like out there, you got out and like people are going nuts. Did you ever thought that you were going to achieve that in your life in professional wrestling? I, I knew I wanted to achieve. And I think I had to believe I would achieve. Otherwise it wouldn't happen. I, I truly feel like deep down, you have to go, no, I can do this no matter what I'm told be, because this is, this is the type of job that when you tell people to go, you, you want to, how, how does that work? And well, that seems like a pipe dream. Luckily, my mom was like, nope, do it. And that was all I needed. That, that was okay. Wait, whoa, she support me. This isn't that crazy, even though it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> and, and so part of me has expected a lot of these things because I knew I was just going to work until they happened. But every time I go out and Michael Hayes told me this, he goes, man, we've set the table for you to be a rock star. So act like one. And when I come flying out, man, that is all unfiltered. It's straight up my excitement to be there, to be doing this thing that I always dreamed of doing. I think our audience understands that. I think they can see in my eyes like, oh, this dude's just as stoked to be doing this as we are to, to be here in, in the audience. That becomes a, a kind of a communal thing. Um, and uh, especially at this stage in my career, I think because I'm not supposed to be doing this <laughs> right now. And I think we've all kind of come to the conclusion that that's the case. So let's just ride the lightning bolt as, as long as we can. And it's not going to be that long. So let's enjoy it. Um, but there's still things I didn't necessarily expect. You know, I, I didn't think I'd be in a hall of fame or like I said, have Bret Hart talking on my documentary. On Did you cry a little bit when you, when you saw the guys like, or were you like, wow, like, no, I was just a little dumbfounded. Like, like I know them and they're my peers and, but there's still that element of that's, that's Bret Hart. And, and that's, that's Hulk Hogan. Like Hogan was the guy that I saw. I'm like, what is this what is this thing what is this comic book come to life thing that i'm i'm seeing this energy that this guy is radiating and now i'm getting excited sitting in my little rocking chair you know on, on my my tv that has three channels that i'm turning with pliers like hulk hogan and so to fast forward to now and it just more dumbfounded i i think than anything like huh look at that like i, I feel like paul rudd in that hot ones episode where he's like look at us look at us yeah, that mean that's, everywhere. That, that's what i feel like sometimes especially like when when jay and i talk when christian and i talk at this stage we're just like huh huh we're not supposed to be doing this look at us 
You know, you just said something that, wow, brought me back years and I connected with. And you talked about the relationship with your mom. And I remember, you know, we just had my brother on the show earlier. And my brother does play-by-play for the Rangers. And he's a talk show host as well. And I remember both for me and my brother, we almost kind of leaned on our parents just to make sure. Like, I know this path is kind of crazy. But when they support it, it's like, all right, it's okay to do it. And it's like, it's kind of funny how that foundation... You know, and, and you as a parent now, like, yeah, yeah, you're cautious of what direction your children are going to go in, but you kind of need that support system in order to take that leap of faith. I, I truly think you do. Um, and I, that's why, gosh, any any guy, girl who comes up to me and says, yeah, I want to be a wrestler and they might not be the biggest or they might not have the look or whatever that is. I never say, well, mm you got to be supportive of that because who knows, who knows the mindset, who knows the mentality. And if my girls come up to me and they say they want to do something, then I'm going to try and support them in any way that I can, even if it seems like a pipe dream, because I'm living proof that pipe dreams, they, they can happen um, with, with some su- support and, and belief uh, and probably a lot of lean years, <laughs> but it can happen. <laughs> and uh so, and, and raising the girls now, it's such a blast to see where they were, you know, like right now, Lyric and I are writing comic books. It's right now it's Aloha dog. And she has a ukulele, a powerful ukulele whose strings can become the arms and legs. And the avocado's name is, or the ukulele's name is avocado. And Aloha dog is a little masked schnauzer. And like, <laughs> who knows? She might end up, you know, writing comics, but then she was like, you know, I'd like to, be the person who puts the pictures together. I'm like, so you want to be a director? <laughs> All right, let's go. Wow. Amazing. That's wonderful. I think um, it is very important that uh, you as a father, you're a present father for your daughters because there's been so many stories in professional wrestling and where, you know, a lot of the guys and girls that have their kids uh, and because of what the road, you know, it's all about, like yeah. it's, they never there. Right. And when you hear those stories and where you are there, you are like seeing them grow, you are, go uh, growing with them and you're being a father uh it's it's something beautiful how is that fatherhood change you from you know as a professional wrestler and as a as, the, a, as a man the, the best thing i've ever been involved in absolutely bar none nothing comes close and i've had i, I say this and I, it kind of sounds egotistical i love my life I have an awesome life. It's everything that I've ever wanted. And there was work to get there. And there was a lot of trials and tribulations, but they, they added to the story. They added to the path to the point where we're also just the way things worked out. Like Beth and I started having kids after I retired the first time. So I was 40 when we started having kids and I was in a much better place from a, an emotional standpoint, from a maturity standpoint, uh, I'm never going to be mature, let's face it, but <laughs> more mature. Uh, so it, it was the right time. It was the right pocket. It was the right time for her. It all coincided that we could be here and be present. And I've never met my dad. I've never seen a picture. So I was trying to figure this thing out as I went. And that's when I finally just decided, like, oh, I just got to be here for them and remind them I love them and hold them and snuggle them and then, you know, throw them in the pool and (laughs) that (laughs) stuff. So it it is absolutely the best thing I've ever been involved in. What it has added though, in terms of wrestling, when I wrestled last time, I didn't have kids and there's a level added layer of anxiety that I didn't have before. I never thought about getting in the ring before I just did it. 
and now there, there's a, an extra layer of nerves that wasn't there before. And it's kind of strange and I kind of don't like it, <laughs> but I, I think that's, that's why. You know, hearing that story, and it's funny how life is, what you think is the worst moment could turn out to be the best moment. You know, you have that injury at WrestleMania 27, your career ends, you know, you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, which I'm sure was such a special moment. And you probably think, wow, I know I have more in me. I know I can accomplish more. How, why did this happen? But it turned out to be the best thing for you because you start a family, you know, you have that foundation as a father. And then, you know, you come back a decade later and able to present to your kids what you were able to do in the ring. It's crazy how life works, but what turns out to be the worst moment could turn out to be the best moment. You know, when I look back at it, yeah, because when I retired, that's when Beth and I started dating and then she retired and then we started a family and then acting fell in my lap and I really dove into that and really enjoyed that process. And I learned some things that I brought back with me to wrestling. Uh, what it also made me, not that I didn't ever appreciate wrestling, but being and having it taken away for nine years, getting it back, man, like it made me appreciate every little single second. Again, when you see me enter, when you see me get in there and uh, like, I'm soaking everything in because I didn't, this was taken away. And, and I figured at that point I retired at 37, I wanted to go to 40 and I thought, okay, those three years were taken away. I'm getting those three years now. And that's massive. And I get to do it with a whole new crop of talent. It's, it's made me appreciate it more that time away, strangely, as as much as it seemed like, uh, you know, kind of sucked at the time, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but man, looking back now, it, it just all added to, to everything. Again, one of those bumps in the road, one of those uh, trials and tribulations that actually added to the sweetness of the story and, and allowing me to savor it more now. So I have a, another question that I was talking to David earlier. You now as the veteran, the, the legend now that people you know watch when they were growing up and now they are part of WWE. What's your role as in, in the locker room with the new generation of, of wrestlers that you're working with? Uh, I, I, I'd like to think everybody there knows I'm, I'm there. So what do you need? Uh, what, what you want advice on something? They know I'm wide open. I'm not one of those guys. I don't have my own locker room. I don't have a bus. I'm in with the boys and, and we're, we're talking and we're working through things. And, um, you know, when I was down with my, my tricep, I tore the tricep, you know, initially they wanted to be on, wanted me to be on the creative team. And I tried it for like three weeks and I, I just, I, it felt like if I'm a talent, I shouldn't be in there. You know, I, I didn't want to ostracize myself and it didn't feel right. So I said, well, who needs help with promos? I'll just give me seven people and I'll zoom with them an hour a day and, and try and help them find uh, a semblance of, of something that they can connect to. And it will translate in the promo because I find if you have one element of, of truth in a promo, you can bite into it should flavor the rest. So that. I, is fascinating to me and that's fun. And, you know, I've been, so I, I got helped so often early in my career by the bad news Browns and the Rick Martells and the, the sweet daddy Seekies and the Ron Hutchison's and the Bret Hart's that if I'm in a position now to be able to parlay some of that knowledge and experience that I've had from 30 years of doing this, then that that's another one of the layers of this cake that I wanted to come back and be able to do. So I love that I get to wrestle Damian Priest Monday in a high profile match and like 
I just, I like him as a talent. I think he's untapped and there's more there. So let's get to it, you know? So to be able to go from wrestling bad news Brown back in 94 to then, you know, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair to then Randy Orton and John Cena and Batista and the undertaker to now this whole like Rollins and Reigns and priests and AJ and these guys, it's just, it's a blast for me. And I just want to be wide open. And I think our locker room understands that no matter who you are, whether it's the female locker room and the male locker room, Hey, I'm here. If you want advice. That's uh, edge, uh, to, you know, Sunday night, the premiere of the A&E bio on you again, again, A&E Sunday night, make sure you check it out. Cause we'll be talking about it Monday morning here on busted open. Uh, was it difficult to open up? You know, because with a lot of these documentaries, they ask a lot of personal questions. Was it easy for you to open up and talk about yourself? Um, I mean, I, I guess so. I, I, I think um, there's still a part of me. It's like, well, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, yeah. Why are we doing a documentary? Like, I, I, there's still that part of me. It's like, uh, uh, I guess understanding that that wrestling now it has become something more than what it was when, when I was a kid, you wouldn't have seen a documentary behind the scenes and, and the life and the person behind the character. You wouldn't have seen that when I was growing up. So there's still a part of me that's still back there. Like I wouldn't have seen a Mr. Perfect documentary. So I I still have to wrap my mind around that. And even, you know, when I'm at work and there's cameras everywhere backstage now, like before that was our safe place. Mm -hmm. So I had to get used to that. I had to get used to the aspect of social media where it's, it, it's, it can be invasive in a way if you, if you choose to let it be. And uh, those were all things that I, I kind of had to wrap my mind around and what, what it is now. And it, and it is different in terms of opening up. I've never really had much of a problem with that. I just, I think more than anything, it's like, why does anybody care if I open up? <laughs> like, why, why are they going to care to see this? Um, all of that being said, wrestling is a, it's a different beast and it's a really cool beast. And there's so many different things that go into it that I think people now appreciate that they didn't before because we didn't let them in. Now you understand what a professional wrestler is part actor, part stunt person, part writer, part uh, musician in a way, just in terms of the performance and the explosions and all of those things. It's all of these things done live. I tell people that in other industries and it blows them away. Uh, you tell an actor that and they're like, wait, what you, you do what? And it's live and you, you, you don't have a script. Huh? That's interesting. You know, it, um, that, that still boggles minds. And, and these documentaries, I think kind of peel back the curtain on, on seeing that and uh, maybe get more of an appreciation of what it is we do. Edge, uh, we appreciate the time. I know you've had a busy schedule to take time out to talk to us uh, just before the premiere of this biography on A&E Sunday night. We really appreciate it. You've given us a lot of amazing moments and memories, and we're looking forward to what you're going to do Monday night with Damian Priest on Monday Night Raw, and I'm really looking forward to watching your bio Sunday night on A&E. Uh, it's a crazy weekend, man. And it ain't any bio. I'm going to be in the air for it, so I don't even get to see it. But uh, and, and then get to go home to Toronto. Haven't been back there since SummerSlam 2019, basically when this whole thing started. Wow. And and here we are again. So I'm I'm just, yeah, still, again, yeah, I appreciate every little bit of it. Yeah, congratulations on everything. And I, I will say, as in a personal level, thank you so much for, you know, helping me. And one of the most 
difficult moments that I had had and you and your wife had, were just an amazing people. And you have helped some of my friends go through their most difficult moments too, because they had some injuries very similar to yours and like listening to your story. And like, we, we talk about it, that you like saved their life. So believe it or not, everything, everything you've done have motivated other people in a way that you never thought they, you, you ever will. So uh, thank you for that. And thank you for being you. Uh, wow. <laughs> and it's so awesome to meet you but we'll meet you finally so this, yes. is, this has been this has been great for me too i appreciate it thanks for having me thank you thanks so much kind words too gosh and the, awesome <laughs> and, and congratulations on everything can't wait to watch the biography on a and e sunday night and of course monday night raw on monday edge thank you again for the time we appreciate it thanks guys appreciate it thank you Hey everyone, Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Ron Funch is here on Busted Open. Ron, good morning, and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Thunder. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for having me good. again. You're like blessing us with your famous self right here. <laughs> <laughs> you're everywhere, man. I see you everywhere online, on you know, on my Netflix, on like everywhere, like with your comedy, you know, on wrestling stuff. I mean, we're super excited for what you are going to be talking to us today. Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's I appreciate just mutual respect here. You know how much I love you, Thunder Rosa and Dave been, you know, nation member for so long. So it's just nice uh, that things are turning well for me as well. Instead of Dave making fun of my shows being canceled. Well, and I can't do that anymore because Loot has been renewed for season number two. But before we get into Loot, before we get into your podcast, this is a true story. So I spoke to Ron briefly on the phone a couple of weeks ago to book him for the show because he wanted to come on, obviously, to promote uh, season two and his new podcast. And I spoke to Ron. And then right after I got off the phone with Ron, my wife, Violetta, walks into the room and she's like, who is it? Who are you on the phone with? I was like, I was on the phone with Ron Funches and she got so mad at me. She's like, you're on the phone with Ron Funches and you didn't tell me you didn't let me talk to Ron for a few minutes. And I was like, wow, you know, so she went, dude, I'm, I'm being completely honest. Ron, she got so angry at me that I was talking to you on the phone. and I didn't give her the phone to talk to you. 
Well, luckily, Dave, we're such good friends and good neighbors that I, I won't steal your championship from you. I'm going <laughs> Thank you. Because I got to tell you, Ron, if I lost this championship, I ain't getting another one. So I appreciate <laughs> that, Ron. No, I understand that. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> so we got to get into loot, but let's get into the podcast because you have been a guest on a lot of radio shows like Busted Open and podcasts. So what made you start your own podcast? Uh, well, basically, the good people at Spotify were like, we we see you like wrestling so much and we will pay you to start a podcast as opposed to having to start your own and then climb through the mud and hopefully get paid, you know? And I said, that's a no brainer. Sure. Why not? So that's what we've been doing every Sunday, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. It's a live podcast that people can listen to later. But the best part is just as much. It's like when you talk to your nation members, except for that's what we do the whole show. So it'll be me and a guest or two. We've had uh, X-Pac. Uh, we've had uh, Renee Paquette and Dan Housen. And then I get some of my comedian friends like Robin Tran, who recently was on a Netflix show with David Letterman. And we're going to have my friend Mike Eagle who's a rapper so it's really all about blending my worlds that i enjoy of entertainment comedy and wrestling and us talking about the week in wrestling and just debating it and it's uh, one fall with ron funches if people want to check it out that sounds super super exciting i think that's at the most successful shows you know it's like busted open is when you, they they bring everyone from different places and they talk about the, the common you know denominator which is professional wrestling and how much you love it or how much you hate it and how much you think that it's you know whatever whatever you think that is but uh but for you as as a fan of professional wrestling i remember the first time i met you in person was at uh one of the craziest shows that i've been in la and a gcw show when you had your match a very anticipated match right how was that experience made you have more respect for professional wrestling and professional wrestlers in general well, I mean, of course, as soon as you get in the ring and you like that bell rings at the end of it or even at the beginning of it and you're like, oh, wait, wow, I'm here live and in person. And there's these people who uh, are cheering me on and some of them are making fun of me. And really, it was like I know how like comedy fans can be and something you they're very supportive and very helpful and, and also sometimes they're very critical but it was the first time where i had dealt with like wrestling fans like looking at me and i was like wow this this is hard to deal with sometimes because even like you know in in my particular match i'm supposed to be the face you know and i had some people being like oh this guy's coming in the thing he doesn't know they don't know i've trained for months for this they don't know any of that they're just you know looking at me as like some body and they kept these people being like oh he's gonna fail he's gonna suck and he's he's gonna ruin professional wrestling with how bad he's gonna do and I was like, you have no idea what I'm capable of, you know, and it was dealing with stuff like that where I was like, oh, I have a lot more because I had already, you know, because of the school and stuff had taken bumps and stuff. So I knew how hard it was. And I just try to have a respect for anyone that's in my orbit, usually, because I'm usually in good places. And I'm like, well, if you're in this area, too, you must have worked hard like I do. So um, I just try to have that type of respect. But I definitely earned a, a lot more going through that match. 
You know, it's interesting, you know, and not just for you, Ron, but for you, Thunder, as well. Like, mm-hmm. I do this radio show, but when I'm doing this radio show, I'm not doing it in front of people. There's nobody sitting watching me, kind of judging what I'm doing in the moment. You know, Thunder, when you're in the ring, like you're going to be at All Out defending that championship against Tony Storm, or Ron, when you're on stage doing your comedy, like, I give you guys both so much respect because you are being judged in the moment. And do you find, Ron, like if you're doing your show and the reaction from your crowd, whatever that might be, and I'm sure that changes from night to night, does that make you kind of change up what you're doing on stage when you when you see a certain reaction from the crowd? Yeah, of course. I try to go with the energy levels of, of what the crowd is giving me. And if if they're more um, open and with me and, and, and interested in what's going on, interested in like the setups before I even get to the punchline, they're laughing. Um, then it allows me to kind of like play more and, and improvise more. Um, and, and if they're a little more restrictive, which is one of the things I actually got more from doing the wrestling match which really helped inform my comedy because usually it used to be like if they were not feeling it sometimes i'd go on autopilot sometimes i'd be like okay let me check the clock until i go so i can go home and once i like did the match and kind of like enjoyed some of the people not liking me some of the people like booing me and the fact that i could like say something back to them like it didn't inform my comedy. Now, if people aren't digging it, I kind of get more in their face about it now. And it um, it makes it at least more fun for me. I don't know how it does for the crowd, but I like it. I love it. I think you make it a lot more interactive, especially as a comedian. I like when the comedians are, um, they're on their act and like there's somebody on their phone or somebody's not paying attention and then they pick on them because just it gets the crowd going like, oh my God, like, what is he going to say? Or you know, just the mm-hmm. interaction is, is different. And like and doing live comedies, it's it's hard, you know? So people think uh, it's like the easiest thing. I have a couple of my friends that do comedy here in San Antonio and mm-hmm. and man, some, some, some of that stuff, I'm like, Jesus, it, this is very <laughs> difficult. Oh, it's a rough world out there, but I think it's the same thing with wrestling. Like one of the things I think people are uh, attracted about you is that you're not like a character on a screen where you just a robotic. Like if you see something or something, you yell at the crowd, you yell at people, you can people can tell that you're really in the moment and live and in their face. And I think that that's always helpful. Very. Now, let's get it. And, and now on the other end, loot is completely different because you do your you did the first season of loot. You taped it. You don't know what the response of the audience is going to be. Your character, Howard, I, I would think it's very much like yourself. Correct. Yes. I'm not that best, good of an actor. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's not what I was implying. Me. Yeah. Me. <laughs> but you know, you don't know what the reaction is going to be. And obviously it was a successful one. Uh, it's been renewed for season two. So like, which do you prefer being live on the stage where you get that instant reaction from the crowd or doing a sitcom and doing a show like Lou and then almost having to wait to see what that reaction is going to be from your audience? Uh, I mean, to me, it's like when you have two children like I do now and like they're both very different and I love them the same, you know, but if you were to ask, I always say like stand up is the only thing I would do for free because and it's the only thing I do do for free. And it is because I will never that reaction, the lack of gatekeepers, the lack. It's the very thing, you know, you see with wrestlers and I think sometimes that's where everything gets mucked up. And I see so many parallels between wrestling and comedy where like people 
is one of those self-defined jobs, right? You could come in and be untrained, never have a match. But if you just put in your Twitter handle, you're a wrestler. I don't know how to double check that, you know? And the same thing happens with comedy. But what's so beautiful about it is that it is so open and free and allows you to just get on stage that night and get a reaction. But I love acting. I love being around people like Maya Rudolph and Joel Kim Booster that make me feel funnier and pushing myself to do like not just set up and punchline but act and have to go through the real emotions of getting my heart broken in that show and i mean so and then get paid a lot more so i love them both (laughs) (laughs) and and of course um loot is available on apple tv uh and you know how was it for you to get that positive response like you know how gratifying it was it when it did come out and there was a big audience watching it and, you know, you never know with streaming which way it's going to go. But really, the critics falling in love with you and your character on the. I just you know, it was like. Um, just gratification and for all a bunch of hard work that I had done the years before that people didn't see the times where you were making fun of me for my shows being canceled, you know, the times where I was like just in acting class every week and for three hours a day and just seeing myself with this growth, but not other people not seeing it, like getting auditions for the same old sitcom roles from the things that I had done on undateable, my first show. And so for this show to come out and be like, Hey, we need you to like, not just hit these jokes, but you're going going to be acting for real there's gonna be real storylines that involve you it was a big challenge for me and then knowing that i was acting around legends like maya rudolph it was like okay i gotta really come correct so much you were like when i normally act like i don't take it as serious and i'm doing stand up at night and then acting in the day uh but for this show i i pulled myself off the road i was fully focused i made sure i had a good night's sleep before i went back to work it was all about that show for me and so when it came out and people were giving me great reactions and like i even and it's like doesn't mean anything to anything not even a real award but like like the these these tv show websites that give out the awards for like best actor of the week and like one time i got honorable mention and i was like all right whatever who cares and then i go and look and it's like ed helms and edward lately and like these real like actor actors and i'm like oh they put me up there with these people with doogie hauser (laughs) with neil patrick harris like okay it made me feel so good and then now i'm like oh let me see what i can do next season now that i have more confidence you know i'm sure thunder you you understand that from like going from the independence to aw and being champion you can see that confidence coming off you Yes. And I was actually going to ask you that because, um, uh, you know, I'm now dipping into acting, which is like a whole different, you know, game. And, and now you're talking about it, like having a good, nice lead, preparing for your role. Like um, how long did it take you to feel comfortable to like, you know, even play somebody as you, uh, you know, in, in this role? And, and, and now that you're seeing the results, like were you thinking that this was going to happen to you? I, I mean, yes, because <laughs> I worked towards it and I wanted it, you know, from the get go. Mm-hmm. And and from my very first acting class, when people were like, I mean, they were very honest. And that's what I liked about it. And I think it's the same thing in athletics. Like 
they were they would tell you if you suck and then you know when i get in there they're like okay well you don't have the skill set and and i always remember this but this guy goes but you're very watchable you're just what i just want to watch you and and he goes you can't teach that so everything else you're we're going to you know you're going to learn and i was like oh okay i thank you that that gives me a lot of motivation you know and it took a few years just like stand-up where it took me like 10 years in stand-up to really feel comfortable i've been doing acting for about seven years now and um it just took like the last couple years where it went from like me trying to transform into be whatever role that they wanted like you know just being like okay whatever audition i'll go do it you want me to be a gang member you want me to be a, a douchey tech bro you want me to and now it's like oh i know what i'm good at i know the um things that i carry innately within me so i'm going to show you this and if it fits for what you want great if it doesn't then i'm just not for you and i'm i will find my thing and i think once i switched it to that once i was like any audition i do is just about at the end of the day i have to like what i turned in it really started to open up for me you know, Ron, congratulations on the success of Loot. And, 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 and I, listen, I gave you a little bit of a hard time about some of your series not getting a, a second season. You're making I can't fun do of that. Series hey, listen, being canceled. Wait, listen, I was a big fan <laughs> of Chop 420. All right. It actually made those ingredients made my cooking a lot better. People just didn't seem to care <laughs> how bad it tasted. So I was a big fan of that show. Now let's get into the podcast because. You know, I know you're a passionate pro wrestling fan. You love pro wrestling. That's why I started Busted Open because I'm such a passionate fan. Um, but on the show, you know, you do have great guests and you have to talk about the product, the good and the bad. Like, and the one thing about pro wrestling, I think it's it's the the most hardcore of fan bases. It's it's almost like, you know, we could bitch about the product, but nobody on the outside could bitch about pro wrestling. It is an interesting fan base when it comes to wrestling, Ron. It truly is. It, it, it's um a lot like I do Twitch as well, where we play video games together. And I find a lot of crossover there where it's like just people who are more invested in you and more invested in that product because it is a smaller group of people. And, and it is something like comedy again and like some forms of music where you're like the overall pop culture sometimes you at least the old guard used to make fun of it and so they were very protective of it you know and what i'm trying to do now though is like not let it go the way of the comic books where it's like all these gatekeepers all these people were like oh you, you're not a real fan if you don't know akata or jay white or this or that or you don't watch stardom i'm like i'm trying to that's why i bring in the like comedians and the people like robin tran who's a transgender comedian where we're like i want to be like here's a safe space for people who may not even normally feel like they're welcome here and one of the things i've been really excited about is that we get a lot of female callers on our show and Good. i think that's pretty rare for a wrestling podcast yes. for people to feel safe and feel open to give their opinions as a woman on a wrestling podcast and so we're I mean, it's not just it's not like we're not trying to do anything i'm just trying to be open and give more eyes and be less of like we only have to be one type of wrestling fan see i like that because you know what when you were talking about you know, having everybody who's a wrestling fan, whether they just started watching wrestling or have been watching for 30 years, you're welcome to listen to the show. It kind of reminds me of Tower Records. I used to hate 
going into Tower Records because anybody who worked there made you feel like you you don't belong here because you don't know this album or that album or why are you buying this album? This is so much, you know, this album's so much better. I like where there's like a safe haven and a safe place for pro wrestling fans. And I think that's needed right now, Ron. So I'm glad that your podcast kind of waves the flag for that type of fandom. Yeah, and it only makes sense for me. I don't feel like I would even be allowed to be that critical or that negative about it unless I am a wrestler, unless I work in that industry. And as much as I know wrestlers, as much as I've done one match, as much as I have friends that are wrestlers, I'm not in the industry. I know that. And I'm lucky that I'm getting the profit off of it. And so uh, anything I need to do needs to be showcasing and putting a spotlight to wrestling. And and my job is the fact that I know a lot of people in different areas. And if I can get them on board on it, if I can show them the things that I love about wrestling, then it's only, it's a benefit for all. And if I'm doing that, then it makes sense why I get paid. If not, then I'm just kind of a parasite off of wrestling, you know, and I see a lot of people do that where I'm like, why do you even have a podcast about it? All you do is bitch and complain about wrestling every single day and make money off of it. That's that's not if you did that in comedy, I don't want to punch you in the face, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I guess, Ron, you know, oh, ahead, sorry. Ahead, I'm sorry. I, you know, and going to that point, there's there's fans and there's listeners for every single person. Some people like some people, they really gravitate to to those kind of shows and some mm-hmm. people gravitate to the ones that are like you that is mm-hmm. you are a uh, an entertainer you are someone who knows a lot of people and you know and they want to hear that so uh yeah that's it's really cool that you are, are are actually you know able to be part of you know the the pro wrestling industry now yeah, I'm open for everybody. Yeah, I listen to some of the negative ones, too. So I can't say I don't enjoy some of them. So, yeah, there's room for everyone. Uh, Ron, looking forward to it again, to be a guest on your show, of course, the podcast. And, of course, season two of Loot. Ron, thanks, as always, for the time. Oh, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I love you guys. All right, thanks Ron Funches. Here. All right, when we come back, WWE Hall of Famer Edge is going to join us right here on Busted Open. Busted Open is a part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The executive producer is Paul Ehrlich. The digital producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andre Viola is the associate producer. Fight Nation's program director is Eddie Brasilli, or as we call him, Big Boss Man Eddie Brasilli. Marissa Reeves is the director of sports podcast. A special thanks to senior vice president of sports and podcast, Steve Cohen. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 